swapped. Uh, so this morning's reading is Romans chapter, 20, um, chapter 8, verse 28 to 39. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. It's great to be with you. I just say a, a, a title that means nothing uh, doesn't probably help you. Just to say that I used to be vicar at the Good Shepherd just locally um, until three years ago, and then I've been working around churches all around the Liverpool um, region. Um, sound, that sounds grand, but across the diocese, wherever Christians want to work with others, or maybe where they haven't noticed other Christians and other traditions are doing similar things, but they haven't kind of taught, or they have sh buildings to share, or, or creative ideas to, to work together on. So I just love networking, I love connecting people together. So that's what I do. So it's got a title, but that's what I do. It's great to be with you. Thank you very much for inviting me to, to be here with you. I'm just going to pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the fact that we can come together and know that you love for us to make a place in our lives and in our hearts and in our world where people are talking about you, worshipping you, living for you, bringing justice for you. And we pray that we will be part of that big movement and you will empower us as we hear your word. Now, I know, uh, Adam and Amy, that you'll have done quite a bit of thinking about today. And there may have been practicalities about, about it, you know, uh, about uh, managing to get here on time. Brilliant. Uh, managing to get, making sure the people you really wanted to be with you would be here. But there will be some stages back from that, I'm guessing, but I'm, I'm sure, where you'll have talked about what you want for Harry. 
and, and where this service would fit, fit with that. And uh, I know Sue came and had a chat with you, and, it, and, and if I'd done so, I would be very curious at that. How, I'm not going to ask you, you're quite safe. Just about that little path, and, and where your own thinking, because a lot of parents would, wouldn't choose to do what you're doing, which is to come into church with their child and say, this really matters for us. So we're thrilled by that. So I thought that together, including yourselves, but together we might just think for a moment, what, what would we really want for Harry? What, what for a child like Harry? Uh, at his stage, at a bit early, you know, life in front of him. What you've thought about, what you've probably talked a little bit about what you'd most want for him. Um, things that maybe you've been fortunate to have, maybe things that you would like him to have the, in a bigger way than you've had necessarily. What, would, what, what might we want for Harry? Anybody? Happiness. Lots of love. Anything from the family? I'm going to come back. Uh, any, any things that any of you want to say? What do you want for Harry? Calmness. Calmness. Now, there is something we can possibly identify an awful lot with. Anybody else? Heart? Heart. Health and strength. Kindness. Well, lovely, is it? That's, yeah. Anything else? Enjoy life. Okay. So I wrote one or two things down earlier. They are not the right answers. All of these are the right answers. But I just wrote some of these. Oh, that's some tell change the microphone. I'll come to this microphone in a moment. But I just, um, I just put... Um, the ones I put down were peace... We hinted to that. Not being restless. You can't read that. I'm just waving it. But that's the sort of thing. That's, that's, um, that's what it says. Love. To, I put to be loved somewhere here. To know that, that Harry's loved. Loved. Um, uh, uh, peace. Yeah, did I say that? Calmness. There's calmness. I put down security. That, and that's something, isn't it, about you'd want Harry to, to know that, that, that um, security stands for an awful lot, doesn't it? It knows that uh, in life he'll, he will know that the, that the really important things for his well-being are in place. He'd especially want to, you'd especially want him to know that as he grows up, as your mum and dad, that, that he's always safe with you, wouldn't he? Uh, we've, uh, somebody said health, got that. And I've got, guess what? Trust in God. What about that? That must be part of what you're thinking. Um, as, you, as you said, you want to come along today. So I want to give a little glimpse into one part of what it is to be in a good place with other people, with ourselves, and with God. And what, what we might why we might really want to pray that for Harry, really want to wish it. There's a story in the Bible of, of, of a woman who's brought to Jesus. And she uh, has been caught in the act of having sex with someone who's not her husband. 
And she is therefore, it, this, it, the religious leaders are saying, this is terrible, terrible, terrible. And the penalty for this is to stone her. Jesus, what do you think about that? What do you think Jesus thought? I'm not going to ask, but I just give a pause. What might Jesus have thought about that? And with this woman cowering on the, in, front of, uh, in front of him and these people who are so angry and hostile and judgmental, Jesus kneels on the ground and he says, let the one of you who is without sin cast the first stone. One by one, they walk away. And I imagine the woman cowering there. She can't see anybody. She's got her eyes closed. She's just waiting to be struck. And I imagine her opening her eyes, looking round, and finding nobody there. And so the thing that I'm really wanting to hint at for, for Harry and for all of us that we would want for, for every one of us from our earliest days is captured in the, in the words that we heard in, in the reading that was read for us from Romans. Maybe you've had people pointing finger at you Maybe you've had people against you, the worries of life mounting up for you. Maybe you've beaten yourself up over this or that. Maybe you've had a fear that things are just feeling overwhelming. So here is Paul in our reading from Romans chapter 8 writing to Christian believers, they'd have been baptized themselves. That would have been quite a thing in that time, to take a stand. He's the center of my life. But they would be ordinary people like us. And it's okay to question, to worry, to doubt, to be anxious. But Paul knows that they need to know that they stand on strong grounds and to know what those grounds are. Like the woman in the story who turns around to see who has condemned her, we look around too. And in what, in what, G, in what Paul says, no one is condemning us. Four questions Paul puts to the people to the people who, in, in Rome, who will, who will, his words will be read to them. He says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Paul knew what it was like to have all sorts of people against him. But these five words, if God is for us, that's a great prayer for Harry, isn't it? That he'll know that God is for him. And that, you, and that is possible where we've recognized that on our own, 
we leave God out of the picture. We're, we've got out of step with him. But that God has acted. Jesus has come for us. He's lived and died for us. And at and the cross that's at the center of everything, he laid down his life for us. And we are able to choose to come into, to, to say yes to him. And he gives us a new standing. He gives us a new family. He gives us a new future. And in this baptism service, as we, as we, as, as, as we go through it, we'll be thinking of just those things. We'll have a chance. You'll have a chance to say, I turn to Christ. I repent of my sins. I look to the cross. Harry will be signed with the sign of the cross, I guess, too, in this service. To say, this is the central thing of, of it all. And you've said, yes, we, you're saying, yes, we want to do this. Yes, this is the journey that we want to help uh, Harry on to. And that he himself, we really want him to trust God. A part of trusting God is to know that with God on our side, how can we lose? Maybe it was because of the things that, uh, that Paul had experienced the struggles, the opposition, the physical uh, uh, things that he had to undergo, the imprisonment, because he, he was under the name of Jesus. He was under his banner. Maybe it was because of these things that he could write so positively. He'd really tested out what he's saying. If God is for us, yes, who can be against us? Have we had the experience of someone putting everything on the line for us? You may, in your own life, have had somebody who's really, really stepped up for you. And that's, Paul says, what God has done for us. He didn't hold back his own son, Jesus, who in the, in the, the next month or so, we're going to be remembering we're going to be celebrating that he stepped into our world in the vulnerability of a little baby and grew up to be the one who lived with us and gave up his life for us. One of the things that you will um, know as, as parents and as those who are around Harry is that You'll want to be ready to do whatever he needs to be there for him, to understand what will be in his best interests, how to, to support him through as he grows up and through each stage of life. God couldn't have done more to be there for us, to support us all the way to Jesus giving his life for us. The death of Jesus is a sign of God's goodwill towards us. God is on our side. He
He believes in us. We tell people we believe in them when their future is at stake, when they're the subject of rumor and gossip, when they're undergoing a testing time or facing uh, an exam. And that's like us with God. He believes in us. It's, that's much more important than us believing in him, that he believes in us. And we can say, thank you, yes, I'm trusting you. Paul goes on with another question, and the answer to all these questions is exactly the same. There's nobody standing in our ways. There's nobody pointing the finger. There's nobody ultimately to condemn us. He says, who's in a position to charge us with anything as God's chosen people? Or as an American version of this, the message puts it, who would dare tangle with God by messing with one of God's chosen? I like that. Because people do mess with us. All sorts of things mess with us, actually. But none of them, ultimately, because ultimately the one who can charge us with anything is the one who stepped up for us, Jesus himself. He won't suddenly accuse us. Many people say it's arrogant to claim to be one of God's, to, to be chosen by God. But he wants to know that we're secure, just as we want Harry to know that he's secure. He's beloved. That's not threatened. There will be the moments when Harry will need to know that he knows they've done something wrong, but he'll, know, he'll need to know that mum and dad still love him. And it's no different for us. Whatever age we're at, through our lives. We really need to know that. And many people struggle because they don't know that. And most of us have been there and will be there too. But we need to know that there's no finger pointing when we've turned in trust to God. Who will separate us from the love of Christ, says Paul? There are many things great and small, that could drag us away from Christ. And uh, Paul goes on to, to list some of those. And um, in, a, in a bit more in the language of today, let me suggest, do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There's no way. Not trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not bullying threats, not backstabbing. Will being, will being hungry drag us away from Christ? Will struggling in our cost of living crisis, struggling to make ends meet, or worrying about having a roof over our head, will any of these things in the end separate us from the love of Christ? No, they won't. He will reach out to us 
He is there for us, with us. Or as Paul puts it, knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors. If we really know and love Christ, if we hear him call our name, not just Harry, if I knew you better, I'd look round and, and say some more names. But I can say Adam and Amy. He calls you by name. He calls Sue by name. And so on. What do we want for Harry? We want him to know some of these things. Yes, health. But if not, we want him to know that nothing separates him from God. Security, yes, we want him, him to have the, the, the um, sense of being, of being loved which is the greatest security of all. We want him most of all. We're praying with you for him that he'll understand that trusting God is at the heart of it all. And somebody said earlier on, happiness is the secret of true contentment, fulfillment and happiness. And it's the way it's always been meant to be. Thanks be to God.